0: Hello and welcome to episode 5 of The Dreamer's Disease where each week we will hear the stories of inspirational people who are out there following their passions and really doing the things that they love and enjoy to do. So before we jump into this week's episode, firstly I'd like to thank you for listening and for clicking play for showing some, any interest at all into what this may be about. So while I've got you, it would be amazing if you could head over to the SoundCloud page, search The Dreamer's Disease, all one word hit the subscribe button, follow the account because that's where every episode will be uploaded and when they're released. You can also head over to Instagram, search dreamless Disease underscore podcast and follow the account there for daily bits of inspiration and cool quotes to help you. Just, you know, just that little bit of inspiration each day just to put a smile on your face or, or give you that extra bit of motivation you might need. On this episode, I'm joined by Alia Morrow who's a journalist, a... Blogger, uh, Instagram model, just an all round great person to be honest. And hearing her story is really great from how she started out as a blogger and turned that into then interning for publications. And she did a very, very early interview with Ed Sheeran before he was the huge global star that he is today. We also spoke about how she started reading and writing as a kind of therapy for herself and utilized that and turned that now into what is essentially a job and a, a passion that she pursues on a daily basis. We spoke about how she was active on Twitter and social media in the early days to build up her contact book, how her cultural background has helped her through her career, the 10,000 hour rule, the importance of quality over quantity, not limiting yourself, and also how she managed to monetize her writing skills into what is essentially now a full time job for her. So let's jump in. I really hope you guys enjoy this one. So I'm joined by Alia moro journalist, blogger. Uh, I don't know, I guess your Insta model, can we <laughs> put that one in there too? Oh gosh. <laughs> um, social commentator. So yeah, welcome. Hello. Hi. Um, so to start off with, can you just tell us a bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Well, hello, everyone. Um, My name is Alia. I am a journalist and a blogger, and I like to pose for photos, too. (laughs) Um, So I do a lot of um, writing for publications like The New York Post, um, Grazia, Refinery29, The Debrief. Um, So I touched on a lot of subjects like fashion, lifestyle, social commentary, and those are sort of the subjects that I touch on on my blog morissa.com as well. And yeah, that's it. Really, it all kind of ties in, ties in quite well together. I think. I think.
0: Yeah, I think it does. <laughs> it does. It works well for your brand. Thanks. Um. So let's roll it back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. Where did you start out in? writing and journalism and you know wanting to get into what you do now
1: i actually started up doing a lot of music journalism um i didn't really know what i wanted to do sort of growing up i was always sort of a really big sort of reader and writer and i'd kind of do it as like therapy for myself essentially Um, and then as i kind of got older and like went to uni i studied sociology and psychology not because of anything in particular other than i had no idea what the hell i wanted to do uh, so that's kind of often the next the next natural progression. Um, and then I kind of, I don't know, as the years went on, I sort of was very kind of active on social media just because that's kind of how we've all grown up. So I was on Twitter already, like I already had Facebook, I already had, you know, actually Instagram came out a little bit later. Um, and I kind of, I can't remember how it was really, but I started interning, um, At this place called Spoonfed, which was kind of like time out basically, but like more for sort of clubs and clubbing and all that kind of stuff. And I was doing a lot of, like I said, music journalism. I actually interviewed Ed Sheeran, which was nuts and really early days before he was Ed Sheeran. Um, Yeah. And so kind of through doing that, I was like, oh, I really enjoy this actually. And I was kind of just really like I said, active on Twitter, which helped me get more sort of jobs and stuff. I started um, covering I Love Live for Rewind magazine, old school. Um, And then through doing all of that, I was like, I really love this and I'm a bit of a nerd. So I then applied for a master's in journalism, which I was doing alongside continuing to kind of freelance and do lots of music journalism. I interviewed everyone from like the game um brandy which was cool eve like all sorts of music artists and then through that i kind of i think as you get older you sort of figure out a little bit more what it is that you kind of you know you hone in a little bit more on skills or like oh actually i really like that aspect of that or i really like this kind of thing so i started to kind of just expand the sort of things that i was writing about and yeah i think I'll, I'll let you cut in now because i could go on forever <laughs> <laughs> no it's
0: a good start it's a good start so there's a couple of things that you mentioned that i want to talk about straight away so education and study and psychology and sociology mm-hmm. was that just as it was something you enjoyed or was that something that you studied with a view of going into sort of writing and journalism
1: well at the time I literally had no idea what I wanted to do. It, those were just aspects that I was interested in. You know, that that's life, isn't it? It affects, it affects all of us in kind of every aspect is, you know, how you think, how you kind of interact with people, all of those sort of things. So that was something that I was just interested in anyway. And I think that you could use for any kind of job that you go into. Um, I actually wanted to be a, a therapist at that point. <laughs> um, which thank, <laughs> did not work out. Um, but yeah, so no, it wasn't, it wasn't really with an aim to, to, to utilize it in my journalism. But I think that now these days I incorporate it quite a lot in, um, in my work. Like I wrote a piece recently on, um, how we don't, we don't swap phone numbers anymore. We swap, um, social media mm-hmm. and like how that affects us sort of getting to know each other. Um, I wrote another article on, uh, how like why it hurts to be unfollowed because it's that's totally a thing yeah um so i kind of yeah these days i i incorporate a lot of the sort of sociology psychology sort of aspects of things into my writing but it wasn't on purpose it's just that i'm interested in in both
0: yeah so it's like your two interests have kind of come together at a point now where you can do both at the same time yeah the same thing
1: exactly which i i'm really enjoying
0: yeah nice and then the internships that you, you i can't remember the the publication is it, what was it called
1: uh i've interned at quite a few places actually i interned at grazia yeah um which actually was quite a game changer for yeah. me because i hadn't when i started interning at grazia which is obviously like a, f- a fashion yeah. magazine i had never written about fashion before and i was like literally living in like my little tracksuits yeah. and like i didn't think about it didn't know anything essentially about fashion um And that was a, it was a really great sort of, and obviously now I do quite a bit of fashion things. So that I think was what sort of opened the door to that and what was really interesting and what was kind of very, it was a very much of a a learning experience because I had no idea what I was doing, but I will never say that I don't know what I'm doing. I'll just make damn sure that I know before I kind of hand in the piece of work or before I publish it or whatever. So, for each kind of post that I needed to write on the website or whatever, I would literally spend like an hour like Googling, like just making sure that I had done my like, dot, like my good research yeah. kind of thing before I published it. So, I ended up learning a lot about a lot of different kind of things. And I was like, actually, I really like this too, yeah. you know? So, yeah, it's all just, I think it's all just sort of a growing and learning experience. And it's just been really good to sort of push yourself out of, push myself out of my comfort zone and kind of pick up new things as yeah. I go along. I think that's, you know, the point of life.
0: Yeah, really. Like they say, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Agreed. And it's very, very true, right?
1: I definitely agree with that yeah. one.
0: So how did how did you get into applying for those internships? And where did you find out about them? What was the kind of process you had to go through before you'd actually got into, say, Gratsby's office, for example? Uh,
1: well, social media, again, has is super useful, I think. And I always say this to everyone, like in terms of, you know, even today I very much have a social media to thank for like a lot of the kind of contacts that i have or a lot of the sort of things that i get just keeping an eye on it really Mm -hmm. so i think um the Grazia internship i got because i saw that the digital editor was giving a talk at um just giving giving a talk somewhere basically so i was like all right cool i'm going so i went and then i just went up to her after and i was like i love Grazia, hi And she was really sweet. Um, And then I kind of followed up on Twitter, sent over my CV, all of that. And then by coincidence, there was an internship starting the following week at Grazia. Um, And I guess she kind of, she's mentioned um, since that she sort of liked how I kind of came up to her and that I followed up on social media. And in doing that, she got to see sort of my voice, I guess, by like having a bit of a stalk through my profiles and sort of what I kind of like to write about. So I guess she got to form some sort of image of me that she thought might work for the internship so that that was that um i think social media to be honest has and also just very much putting yourself out there and trying your best and always you know making sure that that you're kind of in the right place at the right time is is kind of been been the way but social media has been super useful and i don't think i've would been able to do anything without it
0: yeah course i think it's, it's, it's a very good way to connect with people and like you said build up a network of people there's like, so many people i know like we probably even met on social media first before, sure. do you know what I mean? i'm so pretty like, sure we did it's yeah. kind of the day and age of things and it's very important for people who are trying to get into a certain industry to follow the right people and you know Make sure they're involved in the right places online as well as in the real world. Yeah, I think but so. The real world is just as important, by the way. Don't just sit <laughs> on your phones all day. <laughs>
1: no, for sure. But I think that, like you know, for example, a lot of the time, just getting someone to open your email is 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 really hard work. Like that's kind of the most difficult thing to overcome. Because once they're once they've read your email, if your idea is good or whatever you're good you know yeah so i i feel like social media is really helpful in terms of getting someone to open your email because if they recognize your name they're a lot more likely to open it and you know i do a lot of things like i follow a lot of editors on twitter for example and i'll just make random shitty combo with them like say they tweet like oh where can i go and eat a burger i'll i'll give them a a recommendation you know maybe they'll read it maybe they won't maybe they'll answer maybe they won't but the chances are, when I email them next, they might potentially remember that I suggested a, a random burger place on yeah. Twitter, and they might then open my email, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Very, yeah, it's very true. And <laughs> so, people who are listening and may not know anything about you or who you are will detect the slight accent. Because you were born in Egypt, right?
1: I was. My My accent's a funny one.
0: So... Is English your first language?
1: It is, but I speak three. You speak so three. Maybe there's a yeah. I'm in... I was born in Egypt. I um, have lived in London since I was eight, though. Yeah. So don't ask me why. My this accent's been really persistent, but <laughs> um, yeah, I speak English, French, and Arabic. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. So do you do you think that um, the fact that you have an accent, like, do you think people will judge you in a way of oh, it's not your first language, even though it is? And does, do you think that might have affected you in the past in terms of meeting someone face-to-face and trying to get a job writing for publications or blogs or whatever? Or
1: I remember a funny story, actually. Um, Jump Off did this um, call out for presenters, yeah. like pff, must have been like, what, eight years ago now or seven, quite a while ago. Anyway, so I record this early days, like I don't think I had done anything at this point at all. Um So I record like a little YouTube video like, hey, you should have me as your jump off presenter. Da-da-da. And Charlie Sloth was one of the people who yes. was like judging. And I remember he was like, this girl is not even English, like, and he just ripped the piss out of my accent, basically, yeah. and he was like, she's not even English, like, she's not even from London, like, why would we have her as like the jump off presenter, basically, when she can't even speak English. And I was like, Oh, my God, what? Um And it was quite funny, like the next week once I was like not upset about it anymore. (laughs) But um, that's the only time that I've actually really felt that it's been a thing. I think other than that, not so much, because at the end of the day, and even especially in London, which we're very lucky for we're in such a multicultural Mm -hmm. world, you know? Yeah. And I think that there's that understanding that actually more than a hindrance, it's a it's a good thing that like you can have you know more pain like not i don't know how to explain like you kind of can have potentially a different mindset or a different kind of idea to someone else because you're from somewhere else or because you've seen different kinds of things or experienced different kind of life which can is a good thing you know it's important to have diversity and we need to have all sorts of different kinds of voices represented um so yeah, I'll, I'll take it as a positive, yeah. even if people want to make fun of my accent. <laughs> Which happens, it happens. <laughs> right.
0: um, so what what's your kind of, how have you um, managed to establish yourself in terms of a writer and approaching new publications? So you mentioned like the um, Debrief uh, New York Post mm-hmm. um, and a few others. How How did you get to a point where you felt comfortable approaching those publications and saying, right, I want to do some writing for you guys. Like what, what did you do before? Obviously you've, you've, you've spoken about internships and you've got your blog and stuff, but what other things did you do in terms of getting yourself out there to then take it to that next level?
1: That's well, quite a hard question, you know, because I, I don't know what in particular I've done other than just doing it, if you know mm. what I mean. Um, and I know at the beginning I was re like, it's really nerve wracking to kind of just randomly send an editor an email. It's, re- it's, it's, it's quite daunting. Cause you're essentially like, this is my best idea that I've got. Yeah. This is the best way I know how to explain it to you right, right now.
0: So do you always have to kind of pitch an idea yeah. with a approach?
1: So that's usually, yeah, that's usually how it works is I'll kind of, you know, have read the news or. Any kind of things that's going on in my life or you kind of take inspiration from anywhere yeah. and then you find out who the best, who the editor is essentially. Of So say I want to pitch like a music interview or whatever. I have to find out who the music editor is of that publication, find out who, what their email is, get in touch with them, et cetera, et cetera. So that that varies. But essentially, the process is kind of the same. Um, so at the beginning. And it still sort of is, but at the beginning it was super nerve wracking to just randomly send an email. And a lot of the time they don't even answer. Yeah. So it can be really disheartening and really like, Oh my God, I suck. All my ideas suck. I'm never going to ever write anything ever again. Like it can be quite, yeah quite hard. Um, but I read something recently actually, and it said that it was this 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 quite a big journalist and she had kept like a spreadsheet of all the times that she pitched and all the times that she got things accepted yeah. and da, da, da. And she found that a quarter of her pitches only get accepted oh, really? so she needs to pitch 20 to get four
0: yeah
1: and i had already sort of come to understand that but when i saw that i was like okay it's totally fine like this is it's totally okay So I think the more you do, the more you kind of build a little bit of a thick skin and the more you understand, like, it's not about you. It's about, you know, what fits in, you know, like, is this a topical thing for this month or did they do something similar last month that they don't want to repeat or like there are loads of things basically that could that could um, dictate whether or not an idea of yours gets taken. So essentially. 10,000 hours basically and I think as you go you sort of figure out a little bit more how to sell your idea you build up a bit of a report so I like I said I got a um an article published in the New York Post a few weeks ago. The editor really, really liked the piece. She really liked, like, we both enjoyed working with each other. So I've just submitted another article to her today. Yeah. Um, so as you kind of get to build rapport with editors, they'll come back to you or they'll be like, oh, you mentioned this in that article that you wrote. I'd love you to, like, expand on it in a whole new article. Yeah, yeah. Okay. so it kind of it kind of builds up um but it's it's very much sort of just being willing to take that plunge and 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 having the thick skin to like not mind if someone says no or to not yeah. mind if someone doesn't answer and just keep going yeah. basically
0: and have you ever pitched the same idea to two different or yeah more all the time different? and all have you time. ever had a situation where more than one have come back and said yeah we want you to write this article for us the
1: etiquette is to pitch one at a time yeah so you pitch it somewhere you give them a week yeah you you chase them and if they don't answer you you pitch it somewhere else if it's super time sensitive you can pitch it to places simultaneously but the etiquette then really is like okay this is super time sensitive so just so you know i've also pitched it elsewhere if you want it a holler, basically.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. And do you reckon yeah, there's probably some people out there who do that. It's like, I've sent it to loads of other people, but they really haven't. And they've just sent it yeah. to yeah.
1: one. Yeah, but it's Use that's it it's it's, it's all to do with your relationships yeah. and your network. So if you're gonna piss off the editor, yeah, it's not genius. You yeah.
0: Know? And how how closely would you work with an editor once you've submitted an article? Uh,
1: what, once they've accepted the idea, yeah. um, it depends. Like, some can be quite full on, but usually they'll give you the guide. Like usually They'll be like, hey, this is what we want. Like, maybe can you try focus on this, or can you try and speak to like an expert about that, or da da And they'll sort of lead you to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had one experience where I literally would go back to my bed and cry pretty much every day because like it was just really, it was really difficult. And they would just be like, oh no, start again, no, oh uh, no. So I was like, oh shit, I'm an awful writer, basically, yeah. you know. And it, it, it's quite disheartening. Um, but overall I've, I've been quite lucky and I've worked with mostly some really lovely editors who are really, and it's, they're just trying to get the best out of you, you know? So it's, I think it's about not taking it personally and taking the constructive criticism and, Yeah.
0: yeah. And have you ever had anyone or do you have anyone that's sort of acted like a mentor for you?
1: Um... I've been surrounded by some really some really great people and I think what's lovely these days as well with the whole sort of social media thing is that we can all sort of act as mentors. This, this is going to sound yeah, really yeah. cheesy, but <laughs> we can all kind of act as mentors for each other, you know, and and one of my favorite quotes is a candle loses nothing by lighting another candle. Yeah and I think it's so true like we're not you know I'm not comp- competing with anyone like we can all help each other essentially mm-hmm. and it's it's been quite nice to sort of have that yeah, yeah that support network I think across the socials
0: yeah I feel like that's coming through a lot more though now a lot more people are willing to help each other whereas at first it was like everyone was kind of fighting for the same thing and against each other yeah And now it's kind of simmered down and everyone's like okay cool well why don't we just help each other because we'll get there in the end together yeah rather than all trying to do it by ourselves which is very interesting
1: yeah i think once you're a little bit more established you don't need to be as scared and like as protective maybe of your contacts or whatever
0: yeah and then what's what's the so once you've you've submitted an article and it's been published Mm -hmm. and it's out there in the world for people to read how does that make you feel for a start
1: (sighs) oh Quite, Particularly,
0: like more personal yeah. stuff as well.
1: The personal ones, it. the personal ones are um, obviously a lot more, a lot more difficult to kind of have published. Obviously, because you know that people are gonna, you know, know who, who you're talking about, or they're gonna know who you know what you're, what you're saying, or whatever. Um, I wrote an article a few years ago about alopecia because, like, I lost some of my hair and, like, out of stress and da da. And that was, I think, partly one of the first super personal kind of articles that mm. i wrote and it was the reaction to it was just so lovely yeah. like there were so many girls who got in touch with me and were like oh my god like i have alopecia and it's so nice to like know that you know it's you're fine now and like maybe i'll be fine too and you know there was just so many people who kind of got in touch with me like oh thanks for like giving a voice to this or we didn't even know that this existed yeah. Or so for me i kind of just try and take it as that, like. If I can start conversation about something or if I can sort of give, you know, hope to someone who like might otherwise be super sad about something or, you know, give. And I think that's why I love reading and that's why I've always loved writing is it helps you understand what it is that you're feeling and what it is that you're thinking. And when words are like, you know, put together in a a way and you read it and you're like, oh my god this is exactly it
0: yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: and it just feels like you know it's not gonna go away or it's not gonna magically all be fine but at least you have a way of of explaining how it is that yeah. you feel and yeah if i can do that for someone or even for myself yeah that's plenty yeah and that's more than enough kind of to make me not so daunted by yeah.
0: it and for you would that be almost like a for you personally, like a measure of success,
1: how much for, I can affect?
0: It. Yeah, like how that article's been received, and how you know how much kind of I guess positive feedback you've got from other people who've been in similar positions. Yeah, or for sure, gone through a similar thing.
1: For sure, like if I can have ten people who are like, "Oh my god, thank you so much!" I feel a million times better. I'd rather that than like yeah. three million people reading it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think so. I'll, yeah. I'll stick with my first answer. Yeah. Well,
0: you're having a positive kind of impact on other people which is a lot more important than yeah more people reading it and less people feeling an emotion towards it yeah
1: yeah and i think that these days you know a lot of the time quantity is sort of taking over quality like oh this person has like a trillion instagram followers even if like they're all shit or whatever you know what i mean likes
0: or whatever yeah exactly
1: exactly (laughs) and i feel like yeah it's it's we're moving away we're moving a little bit back towards content you know and it actually being good content and and all of that which is is great to be a part of
0: yeah and and then what would be a measure of success from an editor's point of view would it be the numbers the figures Probably
1: the numbers probably the numbers like and i guess that's what clickbait you know that's what all that conversation is about you know it's it's increasingly we need we need views like that's the only way that you know that's where the money comes from like that's all of that so i guess it's essentially finding a balance between what's gonna do well in terms of readership and what's gonna do well in terms of actually having an impact and there's a middle somewhere that i think we're increasingly like moving towards i think
0: so i want to talk a bit about your more i guess social commentary Mm -hmm. kind of articles and the ones that you know you've written more from a more personal point of view like you've written about you know sex before marriage and like muslim Mm -hmm. families and Relationships and you know expressing those and showing those off on social media. Yeah, you know the people's attitudes towards mental health and celebrities. Oh,
1: thanks, you read my stuff. I, have, <laughs> I have done my
0: research. You know, You've got to do research. And you also wrote one about um uh, breast cancer as well. Like, yeah. First of all, what makes you want to write those type of articles? And then secondly, how much research do you put into them? In terms of like you know the breast cancer one, obviously you can't like if you're chucking about figures and facts you need to mm. make sure you know your shit and then like the celebrities and mental health like you have to make sure you've backed up with facts mm-hmm. and you know it's like doing a, a uni dissertation yeah it's exactly your, that, like that i can't remember what they're called you know the footnotes or citations it is. yeah
1: yeah it's it's exactly like that and i and these days with journalism as well obviously that some mistakes do happen what was the one there's um, everyone knows what i'm talking about i'm sure there's when they like call someone by the wrong name or yeah. what was it so that happened recently? Oh, there was like a huge scandal.
0: There's, there's always like the wrong picture for the exactly. wrong person. Or, you know, all that stuff.
1: Exactly, so that obviously does happen, but I never want that to be me. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I always I always do a lot, a lot of research. That's my first stage every time. Like I'll, I'll read every single thing that I can find pretty much on it and like make all my notes. And then through that, I kind of, it's often through that that I actually come to my arguments and my conclusions like i'm very conscious of not just chatting shit you know and there's a lot of like fake news out there and stuff and i would it's not about sort of perpetuating that you know there's no point you might as well stay silent um so yeah i always do my research and i always try and make sure that i'm actually contributing something positive to the conversation um, in terms of how I decide what it is that I want to write about I know this is like the buzzword of the moment but I always try and be authentic essentially yeah. so is it something that I feel strongly about is it something again that I feel like I can contribute something to and even in terms of actually getting so the breast cancer thing for example one of my friends um, is going through she's actually having her last chemo today so oh, shout out to Lauren Um so that was, you know, we she, she released a line of, of T-shirts to kind of raise awareness of, that we should all be checking our boobs, that, you know, all of that kind of thing, that there's a lot more, yeah. um, it affects all sort of aspects of, of your life. So that was something that I just wanted to kind of contribute to and, and, and raise awareness with anything that you can do to help, you know what I mean?
0: I noticed there's a little bit of a trend in your writings. Well, that's good. So a lot of them... I say a lot a few of them are focused around social media in particular Mm -hmm. and the kind of impact it has on our lives be it you know relationships or celebrities or um uh like you know saying about alopecia and stress and that probably a lot of that probably would have been born out of Mm. you know the social media world and constantly like looking at people and comparing like but you've also spoken really positively about social media and how it's really helped you so what Mm -hmm. sort of impact do you feel it it has on the kind of generation or our generation for a start and also the generations to come
1: honestly i love social media and it that's why i really enjoy writing about it because i feel like as much as it's a huge part of my life like i post on instagram at least twice a day you know i have all my posts scheduled on twitter like i love social media Mm -hmm. but at the same time i can very much see the flip side and i think that's um that's why I enjoyed writing about it and I think that's why my my articles about it are quite insightful because I'm simultaneously in it, but also able to observe it from a different view. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of how do I think it's going to affect us, I think that we are going to just figure it out a bit more. You know, it's brand new. Like we mm-hmm. literally 10 years ago, there was no Instagram, I think is eight years old or seven years old.
0: Yeah.
1: That's literally brand new. Um, so I think that as we continue, we're going to figure out more and more how to make it work for us as opposed to us working for it. Yeah. Um, so the article that I wrote today was about how um, there's been a huge rise in people having two Instagram accounts. Yeah. Um, so it's like a Finstagram and a Rinstagram, basically, which is... Um, Yeah, so everyone, a lot of people have a second Instagram account now where they're being a lot more, because obviously your main one is like super curated and it all like looks really nice and you're aware of what you're posting. And I have an app that I can actually see what my grid's gonna look like and just like make sure it all looks nice and stuff. Um, So, this second Instagram account that everyone's getting, you just post whatever the hell you want, whenever the hell you want. And increasingly, people are, are having a second Instagram. I want yeah. a, I want a second Instagram account yeah. if it just means that I can do whatever and not need to think about it. That's yeah. fantastic, you know. And I think that more and more things like that, like Instagram have now rolled out that you can add like multiple photos yeah. or, you know, the Instagram stories. Like, And I think that we're going to move increasingly away from sort of this perfection or increasingly we understand that that's someone. That's an edited photo, you mm. know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm not gonna now look at a photo and be like, oh my God, why does she look like that? And I don't because yeah, yeah. you've probably used three apps to look like that, <laughs> you know? And I think that as we continue, people are just gonna get that more and more and it's it's not gonna be as big of a deal. We're not gonna need to panic. Like when, when we had electricity, everyone was probably like, oh my God, we have electricity, how's this gonna affect us? People are not gonna sleep anymore because they have light all the time. Like who knows, you know? <laughs> Which has not been the case because we are humans and we adapt.
0: We do. And I, I think it's interesting what you just said about the two social media accounts. Because that's the first time I've... Well, I've noticed it with people. But it's mm. the first time I've heard of it being a thing. And I feel like people just want to have that freedom. Because it's like people have like created a brand of themselves. Exactly. And now they just actually want to be themselves. Which is really like... Exactly. A, like juxtaposition, isn't it? Of Of living on social media. Yeah. Talking of which... Your, so your account, as you just mentioned, is all like nicely laid out yes. and, you know, nice pictures and nice places and I try. et cetera, et cetera. Like, at what point did you decide to sort of combine your writing with that kind of more, I guess, like mo- modeling kind of mm. aspect as well for your Instagram account or whatever it may be?
1: um well actually it was quite interesting how it all came about because obviously this whole like influencer thing is quite a new sort of relatively new trend and and all of that and i remember when i was interning at Grazia, they used to send me on all of their press well a lot of their press trips basically so i went to the bahamas i went to morocco with ug like they sent me to all sorts of press trips so on the press trips it would be me as a representative of Grazia a few other like editors, journalists, and loads of bloggers, okay, yeah. who all could know, like no disrespect to the bloggers at all. Like I'm a blogger too at this point. Like, every, you know, a lot of people are doing really well for themselves. But uh, quite a few of them like didn't know how to write at yeah. all. And I was like, you, if you guys can do that, I'm pretty sure I can I yeah. can do that too. Yeah. Um, so that was sort of the first kind of inkling of, you know, why don't I just try Um, and it was, it was interesting because I've actually always wanted to model, like since I was five, probably I've always wanted to kind of get into it and I've always really enjoyed it. Um, so in seeing that this was something that I could sort of do because I'm myself as opposed to like, Oh, you need to be super skinny and you need to be super tall, which I'm not. So the fact that I could do it because I'm myself and because I write or whatever was, A really cool sort of realization, you know, and I think that these days you can essentially again, like, sorry for the cheese, but like you can essentially be whatever you want these days, you know, as long as as long as you try your best, I guess. Um, So, yeah, it was kind of just that sort of understanding that i am all of those different things and i am multifaceted and i am interested in this and i like to you know i can take a nice photo but i can also write and 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 you know and Mm -hmm. and and why i just felt like why should i limit myself to just doing one or the other when i can do both and they can tie in nicely with each other yeah yeah. it doesn't need to be one or the other you know Yeah.
0: yeah no definitely it's nice i think it's definitely a good thing to combine a lot of stuff like that because this day and age like the more skills you have like it's so important yeah. it's like you don't have to be good at just one thing you can be good at multiple things yeah because there's the resource i guess out there to kind of do it and it's like if you're not taking advantage of that
1: that's the thing
0: then you're it's your loss really isn't it that's
1: the thing and i think that said there obviously is you know it is important to be consistent and that's why when you're like oh there's a trend in what you're right i'm like yay that that's good you know mm-hmm. that, that that's coming across because i think that at the same time as yeah you can do anything you have to also be a little bit and this is what i'm increasingly starting to understand i think is that you do have to be a little bit like okay cool so these are like the three things or at least make sure that they sort of do make sense together because yeah, otherwise what is the expression like master of all jack jack of, trees, jack of all trees master trees, of yeah. none which is not a good thing to be either
0: no exactly That's very true that is also true um right so i'm an aspiring journalist let's pretend right what tips would you give me to get into journalism and what skills would you say i would need read yeah
1: like read all day, every day, (laughs) write. Like, I know this sounds really
0: logical and very
1: obvious, but a lot of people don't, you know. So, yeah, that for sure. Um, Be be up to date with, like, current events, like what's happening, you know, read the news, like have a blog. You know, I remember when I was doing my master's on my first day, the teacher was like, if you don't have a blog, go home. And we were like, what? But it's true, you know, if you have a free platform to write on and you're not doing that, do you even want to write? You know what I mean? Um, So, yeah, that. uh, Have like a create a voice for yourself or create a platform for yourself on Twitter, on Instagram, on whatever it may be. Because the more people you have there, the more people are potentially going to actually read what you write. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just do just yeah. do it just do it <laughs>
0: it's, it's very good advice <laughs> very good um at what point did you start your blog was this before you started writing i've actually know, had a blog
1: since i was like 12 but it's not the blog that you guys see now yeah um and then this one i actually started while i was at university on that same day that the guy told me if you don't have a blog go home oh, really i couldn't share with him my other blog um, oh, what was the other one it was just like you know confessions of a teen basically like really just like emo stuff yeah. and it was anonymous so it was just like Oh, my word vomit that yeah. I wouldn't want people to it read. Still
0: exist somewhere? Uh, huh, uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <No comment>. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I have to find it and take that shit down. <laughs> um, yeah, so this one, and this one's kind of grown and, and sort of changed form quite a lot over the years as well. Um, but it's just been quite, it's just quite a nice home to have. You know, like I said, a lot of the time editors won't answer or whatever and it's just quite nice to have somewhere that you know you can be yourself you can write about whatever you want whenever you want you don't need to abide by any you know rules of like oh this publication doesn't swear (laughs) like you can literally do whatever and yeah i think it's it's always nice to have your own place like that
0: yeah definitely what's the best piece of advice that anyone's given you other than if you're not (laughs) if you don't have a blog then get out other than that
1: (laughs) um the best piece of advice i think i've ever been given is that no one else really knows what they're doing either yeah and i think that you know we compare ourselves with you know without meaning to so much to other people and oh rihanna at 23 was like a super famous singer or you know all of these things and i think that no one knows what they're doing and Mm. like the more you kind of accept that and the more you speak to people and the more people are honest about that the more you sort of feel okay in yourself too because we're all just figuring it out as we go you know and i think that as long as you sort of again always try your best and try make sure that you do know what you're doing as much as possible you know that's it's just yeah as, as long as you do that that's all you can do really because there's no rule book you yeah. know there's no like right way of doing things other than what is right for you Mm -hmm. cliches
0: on cliches no it's good they're (laughs) they're cliches for a reason right i guess exactly because they're true yeah they're the truest things there are yeah Um, and what's what's your proudest achievement to date Ooh,
1: my proudest achievement to date that's a hard one um. okay cheese again sorry I'm I think I'm quite cheesy I've realized through the course of this podcast but um, honestly my proudest achievement is like every time I do something new that I didn't do that I wasn't able to do before or every time I kind of you know panic less before doing something or every time I kind of every time I find something a little bit easier than I did the last time. And, and, and that, that's it, really. Sort of growing and yeah. sort of recognizing and seeing and being able to chart that growth, that's for sure my biggest achievement.
0: Yes, and what would be what's your end goal?
1: World domination. <laughs> um, no, end goal is, well, yeah, world domination in a way. But essentially being able to do what I want when I want, when it comes to anything, when it when, you know I want to make a film, cool, that's that's not weird. I is making a film, you know. That I think that would be my end goal to be able to do whatever I want, whatever I want under the umbrella. Yeah, and it being awesome.
0: Yeah, <laughs> cool. And uh, at what point did you start to monetize your writing skills? Like, where did it come into play that actually? I can start making money from this and live off of this.
1: I think there's a lot of discussion around, you know, how much should you do for free? How much should you, you know? A lot of people don't want to pay creatives and all of that kind of thing. And there's definitely something to be said for, for um, needing and wanting to get paid, obviously. I do think that you'd need to do some work for free before you get to that stage. Mm -hmm. And I definitely did, you know, but then it comes to a point where you're like, cool, I know my shit now, you know, and you, you, you've kind of paid your dues enough to be like, no, I deserve to get paid. Um, So when that stage came for me was probably quite a a few years, like a couple of years in, you know, post internship, Mm -hmm. like post kind of 10,000 hours essentially. Um, yeah. And then you kind of just have to make that switch and be like, no, now, mm. now I need to get paid. And then yeah. you kind of have to stick to that. Yeah. And I was having a conversation actually with um with an editor of, of one of the biggest sort of monthly uh, women's magazines just a few days ago. And she was saying how it's really important that once you've got to that stage to not backtrack at all, ever, yeah. even for, you know, just to not backtrack because... For every person who's like, cool, I'll do this for free, that's taking out of the pockets of
0: yeah. everyone
1: else. Yeah. So we kind of all have to, again, after that level of, cool, I've paid my dues now, you all kind of have to band together at that point and be like, no, we deserve to get paid because this yeah. is a skill yeah. and this is hard work and you know, this is something that I've worked my ass off for, basically.
0: Yeah, so you like really have to put your foot down and be like, you someone approaches you down. to write an article for their... Website or blog or, you know, for their music, whatever, magazine, you have to put it down and be like, no, nah, actually, yeah. I, I'm only doing paid work.
1: Exactly. Or sometimes they'll be like, you know, so I had someone go in touch with me recently, like, we have like a £50 budget for like a thousand. And I was like, no, you know. I don't get out
0: of bed for less than <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, there's something to be said for that in a way, yeah, yeah. you know. There's something to be said for that. Like, again, you need to know what your worth is and and fight for that and put your foot down for that because yeah. that there's work that you did to get to that level and if we're sitting at the same table there's a reason for that of
0: course of course um okay so last couple of questions now so think back to your younger self mm-hmm. your emo blog self yeah even before that before you started writing blogging etc yeah. what are three things you would tell yourself to start doing and one thing you tell yourself to stop doing?
1: Interesting. That's a good question. Um, Okay, so one thing I would tell myself to stop doing is to stop being so emo (laughs) or to just kind of, yeah, believe in yourself a little bit more for sure. Um, In terms of things that I would tell myself to start doing is um, I would say to start doing from much younger I think I that's like my biggest regret probably is that I but again like everything happens for a reason and I probably wouldn't be this person now and I'm quite happy with this person like had I had I been behaved any differently but definitely to start earlier to stop comparing yourself to other people to not panic so much that I didn't know what I wanted to do to be more Secure in my own thoughts, and to just embark on my ten thousand hours because yeah. that's how long it takes.
0: Nice. Okay. Last one. What's your ultimate happiness goal?
1: I don't want to sound ungrateful, but I feel like happiness is uh is a journey, as opposed to a destination. Cheese, <laughs> cheese, so much cheese. I'm sorry. Um. But yeah, just basically. I think happiness is continually improving and bettering yourself. You're offering your life.
0: Cool. And on that note, before we sign out, mm-hmm. can you let the people know where they can find you online, where they can find your blog? You know, what's all your Twitter handles, etc. Um.
1: So I'm at Morizla on everything. So that's M W O R I W Z L A. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. My blog is morizla.com um Yeah, I think that's. I think that should do it.
0: Cool and well, thank you for thank you giving us this time and imparting some knowledge on us <laughs> and you know bringing the cheese to the table. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed
1: it. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Um, so yeah, guys, let us know what you think about that. Hit us both up. You know, hit us up on Twitter with some comments. Review the interview. Let us know what you think. If there's any more questions you've got as well that you want to ask either of us, then feel free to kind of get in touch. And yeah, see you next time. Bye. So, there we have it, guys. That's episode five. I really hope you guys got a lot out of that. You know, there's some real nuggets of information there from Alia. And I know she was quite worried about saying lots of cliche statements, but you know, they're there for a reason, they, they, are, they ring true a lot of the time, so it's really great to hear someone with her kind of experience and the, the career path that she's following and building on to, to be spitting out those bits of information, there's a lot of knowledge in, in what she said and understanding and also, you know, there's there's a real trend in the episode so far of people who are really, really working hard and really out there chasing these these goals and these dreams that they want to live their lives at. And it's really inspiring to hear these stories and and speak to these people. So I really hope that you guys can learn from that. Take a little bit from it, you know, even if it's just that small 1%. Because each day, if you can just improve yourself by 1%, then at the end of the year, that's 365% better than you were at the start of the year. So it's a really great way to go through your days is just trying to improve yourself or getting that little bit of inspiration to give yourself that extra 1% of value so at the end of the year you can look back and really see you've grown and learned throughout that year. So before I sign out, um, as I said, you know, make sure you follow the account, make sure you keep locked in. Tweet me at IamAlexManzi, I'd love to hear what you guys think and if there's any people as well that you think would be great for me to have a chat to and hear their stories and. You know, I'm more than interested to, to hear and find more people and, you know, open up this, this web of people who are out there really following their passions. Um, so thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next time.